Hello, and welcome to Returning to Us, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to hack your brain, build and strengthen relationships, and to teach people how to recognize and neutralize their emotional states. I'll discuss emotional intelligence and regulation, how food and exercise impact the body and brain, and share lessons from my own lived experiences. I'm Lauren Spiegelmeyer, the founder of The Behavior Hub, which is an organization that works to reduce the stressors of raising and educating children through a brain and biology-based lens. In these episodes, I'll share stories and strategies from my own life, work, and research, answer listener questions, and wrap it up with a try-it-at-home tip. Decades worth of information in just minutes. You ready? All right, everyone, we have just spent a few weeks talking about well-being, mental health, self-care, state of education. I gave you some resources on the previous episode. So now we're going to wrap up this little snippet of self-care and well-being with a challenge I have for you all, which is to really think about, as we're in early January of 2023, what are some goals or even themes that you have or a theme you have for 2023? Because being intentional about giving this some time and energy will set you in motion to make it happen. This is why your mindset, your self-talk, it's all so important because the way that your brain works is when you keep telling yourself something or you keep exposing your brain to something, those neurological pathways strengthen and then things in your environment that align to those hopes, desires, dreams, goals, themes start to stick out and they start to pop up more and they start to um, solidify those connections in your brain and make the things that you wished for become more of a reality. This is kind of how science of manifestation works. (laughs) So it's actually neuroscience behind all of it. But um I would encourage you to maybe set just a few goals or pick some big areas of your life and set some goals or even just do something so simple as a theme. And I do both. I do some pretty intensive goal setting and I do also a theme for the year. So what I do in late December or even early January is I have a goal tracking Excel sheet. It has uh, usually like four to six areas on it. So relationships or family. I might put those two together, um, work, maybe money, uh, mental health, physical health, spirituality. What else is on there? Time. Um, I think that's most of the areas I usually put on there, like circle or network. And I usually put one to two goals in most of those areas. I make these smart goals. I make sure that they're able to be tracked because if I can't track the goal, then it kind of makes it hard to follow up with and follow up on. Then what I do is I take those goals for the year. I break them up into quarters. So what do I need to get done by each quarter to make sure that by the end of the year, I have this goal done. And then I take it a step further and I break it down into months. What do I need to do each month to make sure that I meet the target by the end of the quarter? And then I break it up into every week on Sunday night. What do I need to do this week to be able to hit my end of month target? So I do it in Excel sheet and I track it in the Excel sheet. But what I actually do is I take that and I write it on a whiteboard. So I have a really massive glass whiteboard. I break that whiteboard into three sections. The like final section is the quarter. The middle section is the month. 
And the first section is the week. So what I do is I take my big areas and I write my, my one to two goals. Um, we're going to abbreviate them. And then I, I track them. So every week I look at, okay, what do I need to hit? So for, for example, one of my goals is to get outside five days a week. I can be sit outside. I can go for a walk over a hike, but just get outside, like intentionally get outside. Like not just step outside and walk back in, not going to my car and back, but like make some moments, even if it's five minutes to just go outside, sit on the grass, go outside, sit in the sun, go outside, swim, hike, go for a walk with my kiddo, whatever it is. Five days a week. That's that's a lot, but I don't feel like that's unrealistic. And it's something I'm feeling really strongly about. So it's something I want to put a lot of energy and effort into. So every time I do that, I go up to my whiteboard, I put a little check mark. Um, sometimes I'll hit five, sometimes I'll do six, sometimes I'll get all seven days. And some days I may not get out every week. And then what I do is at the end of the week, I add those up and I put them over my monthly. And at the end of my month, I put them over my quarterly. So I know by the end of the quarter, when I go back and calculate where all my targets are, am I hitting, am I you know, making progress? And then at the end of the year, I'll look back and reflect, you know, where did I fall short? Where did I hit my goals? So that's a little bit intensive. Um, might not be the best way to start for someone who is new into goal setting. A better way to start might be to just pick like three top goals or to pick one area. But I do recommend um, tracking it if you're going to set goals because to just set them and let them and not do anything with them doesn't change that brain makeup, that brain chemistry. It doesn't really make your... Uh, present reality become the future you desire if you're not putting intention and energy behind it. So I think it is important to do that. Uh, I also have to be mindful that I can be very perfectionistic. I can be very type A. I can be very hard on myself if I don't hit my goals. So I try to make sure my goals are really realistic. And I try to make sure I have some somewhat easy goals to balance out some of the ones that are definitely gonna be a little bit harder. And I also make sure I give myself a lot of grace. Uh, for example, last year I had a baby. I didn't hit some of my targets in my second and third quarter and or third and fourth quarter. And I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm genuinely, I actually, by the time I got back to work, my like early fourth quarter, I, I didn't even track and I barely got back on track by the end of the year. And I'm okay with that because I knew that that time went to myself, my healing, my family, my child, my relationship. And I have a lot of grace for that because I just a couple, couple weeks off. <laughs> but I can still do my reflection at the end of the year. If goal setting seems like too much, I would just choose a theme. What do you want this year to be? I know in the past I've chosen like balance and mostly like a work-life balance, but the word balance in other years I've chosen, I think last year was like tranquility, like do more things, find more things that are tranquil to you, move somewhere that is tranquil. And I, and I did that. Um, so what I would do is if you set goals or set a theme or even do both to post them somewhere where you could see them. That's why I like the whiteboard because the Excel doc is great for tracking, but I don't see it every day because I don't get into it versus if I have some kind of visual stimuli to remind me, I'm going to think of those things. So I post my theme and I post my goals somewhere where I will visually see it every single day. Uh, just to give you an example, a couple more goals, um, let me think on top of my head. I want to take my child out of the country for the first time this coming year. That's a big one. Um, I left my full-time job to pursue something that is in a little bit more of alignment, something that feels um, kind of like more intentional or targeted to me. So that's a big goal for this year. There's an income bracket I want to hit um, to create more freedom 
the purpose of a higher income is to not have to have three jobs, but just one job. And that means more time with my child and my family. Um, what else do we have to sort of some health goals, get outside, um, Mm, get some testing done. I want to get some gut bacteria testing done. I want to get some food testing done to see what I'm sensitive to, see what's growing in my gut. Those are both some goals. So if I break those down into quarters, like what might be the first quarter for the gut health stuff is like find people that do this type of testing. Then second quarter is um, you know, schedule that third quarter is get the testing done. Fourth quarter is, you know, what do I need to do now that the testing is done? It could be something so simple like that. And my theme, <laughs> excuse my vulgarity, but my theme this year is slow the fuck down. Um, I, my whole life for as long as I can remember, have always done 19,000 things. And even as a young child, I played multiple sports all year round. When I went to college, I condensed my degree. So I had a dual degree. I wanted to get done in like two and a half years. So I took way more credits and I took credits over the summer and went to school all year round so I could get it all done faster. And I did, but I also was working two pretty intensive jobs while doing all of that. And was, you know, also doing like volunteer stuff outside of that. So that led to full-time employment where I was volunteering again, or I had part-time jobs and I was coaching. And I can't remember a time in my life where I only did one thing. Uh, so this year is all about st- making more money from one job. So I'm not doing three jobs. My headspace is all in one place. And why do I care about this? Why is that so important to me? This is a year of rest. I have spent my whole life moving and grooving and trying to get stuff done. And I've accomplished a lot in my young life. And I feel good about that. And I also feel like I have a very dysregulated nervous system. So this year is all about healing and resetting that nervous system so I can be my best self for my relationship, my family, my child. And myself. So all of that said, if you want to learn more about my goal tracking system, happy to share more, reach out to me uh, via email on the Behavior Hub website or comment on this podcast. But know that what you think becomes what you really begin to believe and what you believe becomes your reality. And the neurons in your brain will work in that favor or in your favor. So if you can dream it up, it can definitely become true if you put some energy behind it, but accept and trust the universe's timelines. Some of these things don't always happen on our own timelines and that leaves us in a state of disappointment. So just trust the process, trust the timing and make sure you give it some energy. Okay. Some good books around kind of creating habits like this, because that's kind of what we're doing is we're training ourselves to kind of create good habits. So there are four good books, some of which I've read, some of which I've started and haven't finished, and some of which are still sitting on my shelf waiting to be read. But great reviews, great feedback, great references from other people. Atomic Habits. Tiny Habits is another one. The Power of Habits is a third. And I have started this one, but not finished it. You Are Not Your Brain is the fourth book. Atomic Habits, Tiny Habits, The Power of Habits, and You Are Not Your Brain. All great things to dig into this year if you want to take these goals and really make them habits. And that takes us to today's listener question, which is, how do I deal with aggression and be a positive, good parent when I have a child or I'm around kids or working with kids who are aggressive? The first thing I would say is kids mimic our behaviors or responses. So there's a mantra I say to myself when kids are in a heightened, elevated, often aggressive state. I tell myself before I respond to react, 
calm body, calm face, calm mind. Lauren, calm your body, calm your face, calm your mind. Why? Because they're mirror neurons in their brain, mirror what they see. So if we take the energy up, they go up with us. But if we take the energy down, they catch our calm. That's a big one. You want a kid to come out of an aggressive state, you've got to remain calm, both facially, body-wise, voice, tone, all those things. The second thing is a person is not naturally aggressive. Um, It's not biologically how we're wired. So if someone like a child is aggressive, there is an unmet need underneath that aggression. Maybe it's emotional dysregulation. Maybe it's the need to be uh, physically affected. They, they need physical touch. Maybe they need some like, um, what is the word I'm looking for? They <laughs> need a relationship. They need some attention and they're acting aggressively because they know that will get attention very quickly. Even if it's subconscious, it usually isn't like an intentionally mal- malicious or manipulative act. It's an underlying unconscious, subconscious behavioral response to get an unmet need met. And they don't know that the need is not met. They can't speak it. They can't, they don't have the language to really share it. We have to kind of help and play detective to figure that out. Then when I figure out what the replace or what the need is, I can try and meet the need with like a replacement behavior, replacement action, a replacement reaction. So if they're hitting, I don't like that they're hitting and they're hitting because they want my attention. I'm going to first try and give them attention before they start hitting or different doses of attention throughout the day so that they're not using aggression to get my attention. And I'm going to work work on with them a replacement behavior for needing my attention. So instead of hitting, they can tap my shoulder. They can write me a note. They can draw me a picture, whatever it is that tells me they need some attention. So they can ask for it more appropriately. So find the need, teach the replacement. All right, to wrap up our show, I'm going to share with you our tie it at home tip. (laughs) Not sure why I saying that, but here we are. The tip is sit and stare at something for one minute and build yourself up to five minutes. Why? It's a mindfulness practice. It's a brain break. It helps restore your mind and your mental capacity. So it might be like sitting in this office and I'm looking outside and the sun is hitting off this bush. So I might just close my laptop put my phone away and stare at this bush for one minute and it's just the light on it and just kind of look at the details of that and just kind of sit and stare and eventually I'll work my way up to five minutes so you just pick an object kind of fixate on that focus on it one minute two minutes three minutes however long you can go just to give your brain a break and that is it for today's episode of Returning to Us podcast remember your try to home tip which is a sit and stare <laughs> at an object, not a person, but you could try it at a person too. If that person is uh, willing to participate with you, probably will end in giggling or laughing. Definitely don't do that with someone that you don't get their permission from first. Be a little awkward. And if you are a person, a teacher, a parent who is looking for more support in the area of stress, overwhelm, burnout, trauma, behavior, or the brain, I'm your human. I would love to be part of your learning journey. And that's why I created the Behavior Hub, which offers a range of services and support from coaching, online courses, group training programs, workshops, even university credit. To learn more, shoot me an email on thebehaviorhub.com or text me at 717-693-7744. And I look forward to seeing you all next week. Until the next episode, I'm Lauren Spiegelmeyer, and thank you for joining me.